What's your story? Whether you're a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients' long-term financial success. Welcome to the WIN Podcast. What's important now with Corey Hymanson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Hymanson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning, while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. Hello and welcome to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. Corey, what is going on today? Eric, good to see you. I know we were joking uh, before the recorder started that... Uh... It's kind of early. I'm I'm kind of complaining. <laughs> well, you know, I I had to increase the font on my on my papers here just to be able to read them because yeah, my eyes are <laughs> eyes are a little cross this morning. We're uh, we're crafty veterans. I think we could pull this oh, off yeah. anyway. Well, not in the fact that it's just you know I get to hang out with you. So that's what got me up this morning, Corey. I'll be honest. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I got nothing to reply to that. All right. Well, then we'll move on. So uh, for the listening audience, here's the thing. There's been a couple times uh, on podcasts in the past where we've said, hey, you know what? Write in, email in any questions that you have or something, you know, maybe a topic that you want to hear discussed on the podcast. And we have compiled some questions that have, have come into Corey. Now he's answered those questions through the email uh, just because we want people to have answers right away. But these are good questions that everybody um, I think needs to hear. So that's why Corey has decided today that I'm going to rapid fire some questions to him and then he's going to give his best answer. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's go. All right. First one. What's the square root of a quadrillion? <laughs> Is that, I don't even think that's a real number. Quadrillion? Qu quadrillion? Uh, let, nah. let me write down all the zeros and then I'll, I'll work <laughs> my math back into it. That's, that's the entire <laughs> podcast time is just writing zeros. All right. Now let's let's get down to business. All right. So the first question that came in is, are there special tax-free retirement accounts that only the rich people take advantage of because most advisors aren't aware of them? And I, I think that that came from somebody that I think their their mind is where a lot of ours are, is are there special things for rich people that we common folk <laughs> don't get to participate in? In, th in this one, we have to go a little deeper or off the path a little bit to, mm -hmm. to, to put this in perspective. And so for clients or individuals that know me quite well or that have worked with our office quite a while, they realize that we enjoy a challenge or a challenge question sometimes. And, and so I do think certain individuals scour the internet or the library or wherever people learn things <laughs> or turn over rocks or whatever it is. And, and so this one came to me because, because a, a friend of mine or a client both uh, sent me an email of a website and there's videos and all this stuff. But the real point of it is, I hate to say it was just clickbait to try and get somebody's attention on the internet, but the headline really comes across like, oh, there's these wonderful magic potions out there that only the super rich know of and mm -hmm. most advisors don't even know what they are and and as soon as i saw the website i mean like split second it hits me you know what this is in this particular case it's life insurance mm -hmm. you know it's it's basically somebody using a, a, a i was gonna say a doom and gloom angle but maybe that's not exactly right but it, you know something catchy to get your attention but you know what are they talking about they're talking about buying life insurance 
putting a whole pile of extra cash in the, in the cash value bucket, but not going over the modified endowment contract rules. You know, so I can go deeper, but I'm not going to. I mean, bottom line, if you think there's a real magic bullet in the world that nobody has ever used before, you're wrong. Yeah, it's magic beans. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and this could go, oh, we can go anywhere, right? Oh, I heard about this hot stock or mm-hmm. oh, I got my, my cousin's brother's paper boy's friend has a, you know, a swamp somewhere for sale. You know I mean? History is never new, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So just be well, smart. And you've talked about it before. There, there are loopholes, quote unquote, uh, that, that people say, oh, there's loopholes that the rich use for taxes and so on and so forth. Well, they're not necessarily loopholes they are actually written into the tax code. They're not doing anything that's illegal. They're not doing anything that's supernatural by any means. It's just they have an accountant or they have somebody that is saying, OK, you are in a specific situation and you're able to take advantage of this. Now, there are some situations that I can't take advantage of based on my my income because I'm not at certain things. I don't own multiple homes or I don't own you know multiple businesses. There are advantages out there for people that do. And that's I think that's where people get confused is, well, why can't I take advantage of these? Well, yep. because you don't have the you don't fall in this specific criteria. And it's written that way for very specific reasons, not that they're cheating. It's just there's other ways that they're paying taxes that we don't. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a wash, in my opinion. Yeah. And two big takeaways that come to my mind there is, you know, everything we're going to talk about today is communication. You know, you don't have to know everything. You just got to communicate your concerns and your questions to somebody that might be able to to give you that answer. Great example from what you just were talking about. Uh, Just got an email at our office yesterday from one of the accounting firms we work with frequently. Um, And and that was a a CPA that just emailed us out of the blue. We, We live in Iowa, so we have a lot of clients here in Iowa. But basically his point was, hey, did you know that there's this certain thing? Uh, available to people in the farming industry. And we ran all of our farming clients through the system and like 30% of them are going to get a tax break if they file for this thing by Friday. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and the point of that story is that there's a hell of a lot of accountants in the world, but how many of them are really going that extra mile to to uncover this stuff proactively yeah. and, and determine if, oh, our clients could benefit from this. We better give them a call, you know? And the same thing goes for doctors, Lawyers, financial advisors, you know, mm-hmm. fishing tour guides. I mean, you can go on and on. There's a lot of people in the world that 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 half asset. Yeah. Yep. Can I use that professional term today? Oh, this by all means. Good? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was early. I'm a little feisty. It sounds like. Yeah. No kidding. All right. We're moving on. We're going to the next question. Oh, we have more than one question today. Just well, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What is a trust, Corey? And do I need one? Yeah, I get this. I, my team, we get this one a lot because a lot of people don't know what a trust is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's a, it's a document, it's a thing, you know? And so, uh, if, if Corey has a trust and he dies, the trust is still a, a thing that continues on. So essentially it, it, it's better than a will. If you ask me, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a planning tool, uh, to be organized, to make things easier for your loved ones w- when you're gone. And, and they, they come in different flavors. You can be revocable, irrevocable. I know we've touched on some of that before, but mm-hmm. um, does everyone need one? Eh, I would argue maybe not, but as your pile of assets gets larger, uh, it incrementally becomes more of a yes, you need one. How about that? 
Yeah. And I'm not going to say this for every question because it's, it's pretty much for every question, but the, the statement you made earlier that most of these questions it revolves around communication. This is a, a great example of that. The, you know, asking the question is great, but then it's you diving deeper into their specific scenario, having good communication, knowing what's going on with the client and saying, yes, this is appropriate or no, at this point you don't need one, but maybe we need to look at it in five years. Exactly. And yeah. now my, <laughs> this is a pattern with me, isn't it? You know, we get started and then I'm off on a tangent and thinking two steps further down the road, but I, I'm just looking at my notes here and today is episode 39. And interestingly enough, uh, our team here at the office just created a document of 39 questions, mm. which is part of a deeper planning process uh, that really circles around what you're talking about. You know, somebody asked, do I need a trust? Well, here's 39 questions we should probably go, go through. And I, I hate to overwhelm people, but deep planning is not for everybody. But for those that can benefit from it, man, it's good to put the time in and we might have to have another show that some other time to, to dig into that document. But again, communication, open lines, you know, it yeah. makes, makes for a, a lot better uh, family Christmas and Thanksgiving once once somebody's not showing up to that anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, next question. If there are listeners out there that have not you know, reached out and contacted your office, I'm sure that this is coming from one of them. If we do work together, you know, if I, if I choose your office, how do we work together? How does that work? Yeah. And I do like this question because everybody that's new to investing or new to, to me or to our office, they come in, they've got questions and, and they're afraid to ask them generally, but it's good to get it out there. Here, we're right back into that communicating phase. And the bottom line is we like to explain that we're human people here. And, and the big takeaway is that we, we listen more than we talk. You know, and, and I know I've talked about that before, and that's in my book too, but, you know, salespeople talk, uh, professionals and listeners and planners, they listen, and then they, they interject what's important after that. And so when we work with clients, we like to drive the bus, you know, mm -hmm. so for nine out of 10 of them that come in here, we look them in the eye and say, we like to drive the bus. One out of 10 says, hey, I want to pick a random thing here or two or there, and and I'll say to him, okay, that's fine. You're driving your bus. We'll help you with a lot of the detail work around it. But, you know, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but we're not going to mix and match teams here because uh, we have a process. It's defined. We can take the emotion out of things. Mm -hmm. um, better results come from somebody driving the bus that drives the bus every damn day. Yeah. Yep. They know the route. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next question is, do I need beneficiary designations if I have a will in place? Yeah, this is a common one I get to. And, and so people are not aware of this, but really beneficiary designations trump the will. So you, you really want those dialed in and proper. Primary is your, is your first line of beneficiaries. And then we add secondary or contingent beneficiaries for the second second row, you know, so if the primary person is, is no longer around, then somebody else is already named. Um, all of this stuff just saves time and effort and grief down the road and potentially taxes. So uh, yes, having a will is good. Uh, beneficiary designations is, I, I don't want to say better. For passing assets, beneficiary designations are perfectly important. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the will is, is better designed for who takes care of my small children if, if something happens to me early. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and again, having the right beneficiary designated. So reviewing, you've talked about that before. You need to review over a few years because things can change. Um, and I, I think you told a story long time ago on one of the earlier podcasts where you can't, you know, somebody came in and you reviewed the beneficiary designations and it was an ex-spouse. Whoopsies. <laughs> That's a bad scenario. <laughs> yeah, that, that really irritates one person and it really makes somebody else surprisingly giddy on the other. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I would not want to be in that room. All right. Uh, next question. Why would I invest if I can get a 5% CD in today's world? And this is very interesting to me. Well, as we record this, you know, we've had interest rates that were unbelievably low for, man, it feels like 15 years. And so suddenly people get a little excited that, oh, my bank's going to pay me again. <laughs> you mm. know, and it all comes back to timeline. Is it okay to have a very short-term CD or pile of money at the bank? Yeah, that's fine, whatever. You know, but is that a good long-term strategy Strategy to just have piles and piles of money earning a fixed rate? I would argue perhaps not. Uh, this one comes up a lot. I get tons of people that come through my office and say, oh, I remember in the 80s when I could have a 16% CD. It's like, yeah, inflation was running at 18 you know, mm -hmm. or, if you, or if you had a credit line to run your farm, you were paying 18 or 19 in loan interest. You know, I mean, it's all relative. Again, none of this stuff is new. Cycles come and go. Recessions come and go. Uh, we've seen it all. So, I mean, it's part of the plan. Yeah. All of it's part of the plan. 5% is not a bad CD rate today, but, you know, would you rather have a government bond and get four and be liquid? Maybe. Anyway. Hmm. All right. This, this one... I don't like this question, Corey. It's concerning to me. Um, Corey, why didn't you get me out of the market in early 2022 before it went down? Yeah, in a question like this, let's go back. I've been doing this 24 years. So, you know, I've seen nasty downturns before. This isn't my first rodeo. And, mm -hmm. and every time there's a downturn, I will get somebody making this comment or this question. And they're like, well, don't I, don't I pay you to get out of the market before it goes down? No, you do not, sir That's or right. ma'am, you know, because nobody can time this stuff, you know, and it's interesting to me that this, this question or this type of question always comes from investors with the smallest balanced balance accounts, mm -hmm. meaning, meaning the, the people that are in the deeper end of the pool or, or have done this longer, uh, have obtained more wealth. They understand, they understand the game. And, and so I'm not trying to pick on the people that don't have as many assets to invest, but they're either newer to the game or they don't understand the game or they don't trust the game yet is why they would ask this question. Mm -hmm. But bottom line, hey, I'm not here to uh, av avoid the turbulence on that airplane flight. I'm here to get you to your destination. So yeah. buckle up and don't ask that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. I mean, the thing is, is that you may, may as well ask, you know, Corey, why didn't you use your crystal ball to predict the future? I mean, that's kind of the same question and yeah, you just yeah. can't. And that's what you do well is that I don't predict the future. I, I guide the plane, right? Just like you said. Well, and isn't that the other joke? The, the, the windshield in the car is a lot larger than the rear view mirror. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Corey, next question. Will you lower your advisory fees? No. Good for you. 
That's the next perfect question. answer. Next no, question. No, <laughs> no let, let me go a little bit more. Uh, you know, and we, we've talked about this one before, but you know, it's a common one that gets emailed in it's, or asked directly, and it, it's fair. You know, and and my my response or rebuttal is, uh, would you like me to lower the value that I can provide you? Mm. You know, so no. You know, if, if you get what you pay for, and ironically enough, we we have never raised our advisory management fees because of inflation. You go mm-hmm. to a car wash, you go to a drive-thru for fast food. I mean, that stuff costs more every year. So yeah. Yep. The, the, the question could be flipped around, but you know, I'm not saying we're going to do that. I'm just, we, we, we price things in our society where there's still value to the end consumer. Enough said. Perfect. All right. I, I love this next question because I, I truly don't know the answer and I'm, I'm curious of how this works. How do you calculate required minimum distributions? Yeah, yeah. So, just to give a little background, in case someone's listening doesn't even know what this is. So, the IRS says at a certain age, people that have retirement accounts that are taxable need to start taking some money out and paying some taxes. And and so, what they say is we've drawn this line in the sand. And so now, if you reach the age of seventy three, and you have an IRA, a traditional IRA, or a four hundred one k plan, you know, four hundred three b, anything that's going to get taxed when you take it out, we want you to start turning on the stream of withdrawals and paying some taxes. So these are called required minimum distributions. They happen each year once a person turns age 73 and continues on to throw in a wrinkle. IRS is also proposing changes down the road that'll bump this to age 75 and beyond. So, I mean, this is, again, something you revisit all the time because the plans and the rules keep changing. But anyway, if you, Eric, my friend, were, were 73 years old this year, you'd, you'd have some choices but we would look at your the value of your retirement accounts that are taxable as of December 31st of last year, add them up into a pile, plug them into a formula or a table from the IRS based on your age of 73, and it kicks out a number. Ballpark, if you had $100,000, that'd be about $3,500 you'd have to take out that first year. So it's not a massive withdrawal mm-hmm. amount, but it's a trickle in the stream that you have to start paying taxes. And so this continues until death. And, and and then depending who inherits it, it continues from there. <laughs> yeah. So it, it gets, it's way more complicated than what I'm talking about, but that was sort of the, the answer I think they were looking for. Yeah. Do me a favor and, and touch on since you, since you explained RMDs so well, um, can you kind of tell us what QCDs are or remind the audience what QCDs are? Yeah. So a, a QCD is a qualified charitable distribution. And so this is a little, you know, like you said earlier, the, I don't know if I called a loophole, but it, it's just part of the tax code. So if if you're age 70 and a half or older, you can do one of these. And what it means is you're taking money out of your retirement account, sending the money directly to a charity, and you do not pay taxes on it. Charity gets it for free. You don't pay taxes. And if it falls into the situation where you're 73 or older tied into the RMD rules, then it helps satisfy your RMD. So what does this mean? It means if you're over the age of 73 and you don't need the money and you like to do charitable things, this is a really good idea. Assuming you have enough money for cash flow purposes. And you know, I mean, if your pile of money is, is larger than you're going to need, these are a great thing to talk about and do. All right. Makes sense. I love this next question because this is this is a question I would totally ask. 
do I need to read all those prospectuses and things I get in the mail for my accounts? Because me personally, Corey, I don't like to read that much. <laughs> Not that much. <laughs> Seems like these things are like catalogs. Yeah, you know, and, and we've we've mentioned that. You know, the the regulators want transparency, and so they want consumers to receive all this stuff or all this access to information and it, it works the opposite way people just get sick of it or they get overwhelmed and they just don't like it but bottom line i would say no if you're working with an advisor the advisors and their staffs have to read all this stuff and monitor this stuff and we pay for research and we we do lots of tire kicking on the backside so that you don't have to involve yourself if you don't want to in a lot of this stuff because these are big books to read they're not very interesting even to me and i I get jazzed up on this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. um, in the front of those prospectus books, there's usually a, a short letter page or two long from the, the manager or team of managers of, the, of that fund or exchange traded fund. And, you know, sometimes that that's kind of an interesting read, you know, that's a minute or two, but boy, you certainly don't have to look through 74 pages of which agency bond and maturity they're buying in the fund. Yeah. And, and to even go on that, that booklet is a snapshot in time. So, I mean, do you want to be forward-looking, or do you just want to look at something that was applicable on October 1st last year when they printed that book? Yeah, got it. That makes sense. All right, this next question is a little controversial, which I love. Here we go. <laughs> what do you think about Dave Ramsey and his suggestions? Yeah. He probably has a legal team, right? <laughs> Pretty sure he does. <laughs> so water down this answer no dave ramsey and for those of you not out, out there that aren't real familiar with this you know he's a radio personality uh, personal finance been on the air for boy, decades you know and i i think he has a lot of good core foundation comments and suggestions mm -hmm. to me he comes across a little arrogant at times but the real crux of, it, of his comments i guess would be you know manage your debt don't spend too much. You know, I mean, this isn't earth-shatteringly new stuff. Mm -hmm. um, he's kind of in hot water lately just because uh, you always follow the money trail to solve answers or to, to find your answers. And, you know, he had, on his show, he has paid advertisers, you know, and one of these was a, I don't know if it was a law firm, but it, it was somebody promoting that you can sell your timeshare or get out of your timeshare and, you know, we'll make it so easy, blah, blah, blah. And well, so he was promoting and really talking nicely about this, this business. And it ended up being sort of a scam business or, you know, mm. it, it get to be an ugly thing. So now he's deep in lawsuits and all that. But where am I going with that? The point is money talks. You know, and if you run a business and you have paid advertising on your show, you're going to pat them on the back because you want that advertising money to keep coming in. So I'm not justifying if, if he knew those people were bad people or not. I'm just saying, be careful, you know, yeah. no matter who you're dealing with or who you're um, associating with. And boy, this goes back when I first started in this industry, I had a mentor who said to me, he's like, you know, Corey. When you get into a public job, you got to be careful who you hang out with. I kind of looked at him like, what? You know, and, and it's like, you know, if, if you want to be held to a high standard, you got to hang out with people of high standard. Mm -hmm. so, you know, at the time I was late 20s <laughs> and I thought, well, hang out who I want to hang out with, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but there is truth to it. And I get to, to where I am in my career today and put a lot of effort into podcasts and books and 
creating an image. So yeah, you know, can I go do really silly things on, on, on main street in any town USA? Probably not a good idea. Yeah. And yet you see celebrities fall from, from grace all the time. Yep. Absolutely. Was that part of the, was that part of the question? <laughs> I think that answered it beautifully. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Bottom line is that anything that you're listening to, including this podcast is not one size fits all. That's why you hear Corey and myself say multiple times, everything's individualized. You need to make the phone call. You need to tell your story so that somebody can advise you in the, the right direction. If you're just tuning into something and saying, that's great advice. I'm going to do it right now. It's just a bad idea because it might not work for you specifically. So yeah, I, I think uh, that was a great answer. Yeah. And, and you know, we want this to be real. And so I'm being real on, on this episode and every episode. So if, if yeah. somebody's out there listening and said, yeah, he doesn't talk very professional at times, I don't want it to be. I'm real. I'm in people's corner. And, and if you don't like that, you should by all means find somebody else who's in your corner and talks the way you like them to talk. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, this stuff isn't scripted and, and we're going to tell it like it is because that's how life works. Absolutely. All right. Next question. The landlord of the building I lease is looking to sell it. Should I consider buying it? Yeah, these are the types of questions I really like. You know, a, a lot of people just think we're chart and graph people, but this is a this is a planning question. This is yeah. like serious. Can I, can my business be better? What happens if if they sell the building to somebody else? I mean, mm -hmm. when we talk about planning, well, even the name of this podcast, what's important now? You got to plan for today, make decisions on today in order to get to tomorrow or forty four years from now. You know, and so I love these questions and we, we work with business owners to really dial these in and, and a lot of my decision-making in my personal life or in assisting others always comes back to what is the worst case scenario. Let's figure that stuff out right now and then build on how we can avoid that. And so in this case, um, we worked with a, with a client kind of tied in his banker uh, and they found a way to, to buy the building that, that's housing their, their small business. And, and so this is good for them. It sure appears it's going to be good for their clients and customers. And you know, it's great. It's the American way. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next question. We're going back to finance one one How do tax brackets work? Yeah. I'm amazed how often I realize that, that individuals do not understand. Mm -hmm. you, you know, boy, more than once I, I've heard somebody say, well, my boss wanted me to work overtime at the factory last week, but you know, if I do that, I'll end up losing money. Like, what? <laughs> How's that work? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they, you earn a dollar. They don't take it all, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they're incrementally growing in, in tax brackets, you know, so you have a certain pile of money essentially that only gets taxed at say 12% federal. And then the next piece of money above that gets taxed maybe up to 22%, you know, so if, if you're a high earning individual, you, you don't pay the, t the top tax bracket on the entire pile. Now, I'm sure a college professor would have described that in a much different way, but I'm, I'm trying to simplify it the best I can. Mm -hmm. And you go a step further, some states have taxes, state taxes, and, and some do not. You know, so no matter where you live, like we said, you got to ask these questions because everybody's situation is different. Yeah. All right. Do you think buying land is a good investment, Corey? Every scenario 
you need to ask the question because it's a different answer. <laughs> yeah, you know, so but I get this one a lot. You know, we're we're in the Midwest. Farming is is a big deal, and and everybody knows somebody whose great grandfather bought land for two hundred dollars an acre, and now it's worth twenty thousand an acre. And so they think it's rock star awesome. Maybe it was. Maybe it's just been so many darn years of holding it that inflation just propped it up. You know, I mean, there's there's different answers to that. Um, assets owning assets of different kinds is the answer you mm-hmm. know um again no magic bullet no magic formula what works into your cash flow to accumulate assets and pay for them over long periods of time at decent interest rates if you're borrowing the money is the answer to that question uh, that being said it does seem like uh, land touching water tends to work quite well if that's a pond or a, maybe not a pond if that's a lake or an ocean um that seems like more attractive stuff to me than than maybe buying pasture land in Montana. But hey, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. All right. Uh, Corey, can you share information with my CPA? And I think in today's day and age, that's a great question. First off, we, we certainly want to be in communication with the CPA. So we always ask clients if, if they're good with that, then we're good with that. We do have a form um, affectionately known as covering our selves <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know that it, basically a client signs a form for us and says hey my accountant is sally or mr jones or you know whoever uh, and then that way we do we do have an open line of communication because to get good results you got to share information yeah Simple well enough. it's a team right i mean that you've talked about that before you've got to have a team involved in especially when it gets more complex and no team is going to be effective unless they can communicate. So yeah, I think well, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure a brain surgeon, uh, you know, has a room full of people yes. around him or her and it takes a team, it takes yep. a team at NASA to launch a rocket. Yeah. I don't know. We can go on and on. So, I mean, why wouldn't you have a team? Well, well, we're getting down there in questions. There's only a couple left. Uh, this one's interesting to me. What professional experience do you have and how's your track record? Yeah, this is fun because when somebody asks this, you know, they expect me to point to a, a, a fancy thing I have hanging on the wall, which I got some of them. But I mean, they're hidden in, in, in rooms in our office building that nobody sees because I will look somebody in the eye and say, I do what I say I will do. And they'll look at me like, what? I'm like, that's really it. You know, I've been doing this a long time, seen lots of good markets, bad markets, unusual things in our economy and in our world. Um, and you learn from those experiences in order to to shape or change the future the best you can by implementing a plan and communicating the heck out of it to the family and the next generation. But I do rattle off my credentials, but I don't hang my hat on that because you need to trust who you're sitting in front of. And if you don't mm-hmm. have a good feeling within the first two minutes of meeting that person, then get out of there. And go yeah. search for somebody else. You know what I mean? And boy, you're never going to hear me try and sell somebody on a great idea or beg them to do business at our office because we want it to be a good fit for everybody. You know, track record. Uh, most of the time, the only clients that leave our office uh, are, are death or potentially divorce situations. It's very, very unusual for us to just have clients leave and go to another advisor. But if they do, 
we can always trace it back to the fact that when they came to us, they had had three or four advisors before that. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe I'm even getting a little, uh, craftier in my ways. But when, when I have a client meeting or a prospect meeting with someone like that, and they say they've had five or six advisors and none of them were worth it or none of them were any good, that's a pretty good red flag that, um, they'll be temporary with us too. If we do mm -hmm. decide to take somebody on like that. Yeah. Yep. That makes but sense. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I should mention that, you know, if, if I'm an accredited investment fiduciary, I feel I do have an obligation to even try and assist that type of person in some fashion. Even if, if I feel like they're going to be difficult to work with, I, I, I want to give them my best effort and just, you know, see if I can, uh, right their ship, so to speak. Yeah. All right. Last question for today's episode. You ready? I'm ready. Corey, should I be gifting money to my children? Are my parents tuned in today? I was just going to say that. <laughs> if my parents are listening, Eric's answer is yes. <laughs> oh, we joke, but I mean, for a lot of people, and this goes back to, you know, do you have enough cash flow and assets to, to satisfy your needs and wants for the rest of your days? Then if that answer is yes, then the next question isn't about the kids. The next question is, do you want charities to benefit in some fashion to some percentage let's say of your wealth or do you want your children to have it you know basically you've got to set the table of expectations of what that client with the money wants and then you communicate that downhill to whoever else is going to be involved in the next step for many times personally uh and i'm not trying to get money from my parents i'm just saying personally benefiting from being able to see the goodness of your money is mm -hmm. a great feeling. So if I want to give a hundred dollars to a charity, I'm probably going to do it today or this afternoon and not by way of my will or my trust document many, many years from now when I'm gone, yeah. because maybe I want to see what they're going to do with that hundred dollars, whether it's my children or whether it's that charity. Yeah. That's a great point. Well, not to beat a, a, a drum over and over again or be a broken record, so many things are individualized and, and you give a lot of great answers to the questions today, but I'm hoping the listening audience is like, okay, that, that sounds good. But again, I need to call and talk to somebody in person. Um, so why don't you give them the contact information one more time so they can reach out. 800-657-4316. We always have the links and social media stuff tied to these uh, podcast promotions as well, too. So, you know, track us down. You're not too hard to find. <laughs> we know where you work. Oh, wait, that sounds <laughs> ominous. All right, Corey, thank you so much, man. This, this is great. I think this is a great uh, snapshot of the emails that you're getting and receiving uh, from the listening audience and then all other prospects who, who meet you uh, through, different, through different means. And then maybe even some clients that just haven't been bold enough to ask the question yet. So I'm glad that you covered this today. So thank you so much. And of course, our last thank you always goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to The Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Corey comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. We humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hyman's and Wealth Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Win Podcast. What's important now? 
the show that helps you achieve your financial dreams. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money by Corey Hymanson, visit www.hymansonwealth.com or give us a call at 712-472-3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.